Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Preventable or Prevent Table. We haven't really decided, but we're sitting at a table and we're talking about prevention. I thought that was a pretty cool name. I told my mom and she was like, hey. Yeah, so we... We, uh, it took some some thinking, and we tried to call it like a prevent TED Talk, but apparently there's rules against that, and we didn't want to get sued. So, <laughs> Copyrights. Yeah. Uh. So we went with preventable, but again, preventable, prevent table. We don't really care what you call us as long as you call us. Um, my name is Nicole, and I am going to be leading a series of authentic conversations talking about the intersection of substances and mental health on lives and and just kind of people. Um, so the conversations sometimes might be sad, sometimes might be hilarious, and we might be snorting laughter, and sometimes they might um, hit a little close to home. And that's the point, because substances and mental health issues affect everybody a little bit differently, and sometimes it just depends on the day. And here with me today, our first episode, is Anne-Marie, and also joining us Tom. So, Anne-Marie, can you tell us like a little bit about yourself without giving anything away, you know, stranger danger? <laughs> uh, well, hi, I'm Anne-Marie. I am a recently graduated senior from the Rockwood area. And I don't know. Just moved I'm here excited. from Chicago, yes. right? I moved here two years ago and I'm getting ready to go back to Illinois in this fall. Okay, excellent. So just graduated and getting ready to go, go off to, to college. college. Love it. Love it. Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Tom. I am also in the Rockwood area, and we go to the same school, so that's interesting. Um, didn't know that before today, right? No. I didn't. I think I knew about it, and but I, I've never seen you before in the hallway. It's just, I just don't really see anyone anymore with this whole new COVID stuff, yeah. but maybe next year. Um, more people, not you, of course, because no. you graduated, but, um, yeah, I'm going to be a senior next year and college and all that stuff. Got to start thinking about that, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. Well, I'm just so grateful that you both are here. You've been involved with our organization in really different ways, which I think is, is super cool. And as much as, you know, I could talk about our organization prevented all day long, that's really not what we're here to do. What I want to hear is I want to hear about kids these days, right? So adults always look back on kids these days versus their own generation, and they do a lot of comparisons. And, well, back in my day. When I was your age. Exactly. So first of all, Tom, you mentioned COVID. Uh, that's like a topic for 17 episodes in and of itself. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. How has it been this year staying connected with your friends? Because um, friends are everything, right? So at least where y'all are at right now, yeah. you know. So how has it been keeping connected with friends? How has it been maintaining some semblance of a social life? Um, It's been difficult because, you know, half of my friend group is online. Half of my friend group is in person. And so... The friends that I see in person, I've gotten a lot closer with them. And normally that was how it was before COVID. Um, but now I think that during when everything was really, really bad and we didn't have vaccinations, we were all just kind of it was like December, basically. Um, we all hung out with our masks on and it was just very 
rare to see each other just because we were busy with school and this is a hard year. I was a junior. Um, and so we were busy with school. Um, it was just really hard to see everyone and try to plan stuff because no one could really hang out. Some people, their parents were scared of COVID or getting it, or there was immunocompromised people or it was just a whole ordeal. Um, but I think now it's been a lot easier to plan stuff and hang out with people and see people and stay connected. Um, but I would definitely say it was really challenging when everyone was virtual because everyone's kind of just doing their own thing. And some people just want to stay home. And that's kind of what people are used to. And so actually seeing each other in person was really interesting when it started happening. But we've had a few hangouts in the past few weeks. And it's all gotten a little bit easier. I would say most of us are vaccinated, so it's getting all that stuff away. You know, was it awkward at it. first? Um, it was. Um, but I think like even last year, we we saw all these people doing like they would hang out like in their cars in the <laughs> parking lot. And now looking back on it, that's kind of embarrassing. Like, why did we hang out in a parking lot? <laughs> um, but. That's kind of what we started to do. And, and now where just, else were you going to hang out? Yeah, Let's be real. Yeah, no <laughs> one's going to have us over in the basement. So, yeah, we've adjusted. It's It's gotten better. That's and, great. Yeah, I think it's so much It's so much easier now with vaccinations than a year later. It's crazy. Anne-Marie, so as somebody who was relatively new to school and then you sort of lose a whole, yeah. like, whoa, did you feel isolated? Were you, did you have a connection? Were you like, get me out of here? Like, can you talk through that? It was definitely interesting because I moved here, what, 2019 was right before it started. Mm -hmm. So I started at one school. I got sick a lot that year. I had like 9 billion different illnesses ranging from pneumonia to other stuff. Mm. So I missed school there. So I didn't know anyone there. Uh. Then I switched schools and then within like three weeks, COVID hit. So I Still don't know anybody very well. I know like a handful of people, but I mostly work to just try to stay in contact with my friends in Chicago and would try to work out like, okay, if I come up at Christmas, who can I hang out with and how long do I have to sit in my room by myself to be able to see them? Which was interesting, but it was definitely worth it to be able to see those people that I knew really well and to be able to see them again. Yeah. Especially because like, you know, you have Facebook and Snapchat and texting and FaceTiming and it's all good and fun, but... There's a huge difference between sitting on FaceTime with my friend doing face masks and actually doing face yeah, masks it's a, it's and watching Grey's Anatomy together. So, okay, Anne-Marie, you said something that I am fascinated by. So I'm learning more about the way that TikTok is, has been used the last year. Don't worry, Tom. We're, we're not going to get a TikTok account. Uh -huh. But I'm like really intrigued by this idea of what I have heard. And one of one of your peers told me about it today, this idea of performative activism. Oh, definitely. Oh, my gosh. OK, where you're just like posting uh, like pictures of. OK, it's what is this? What is it? It's the people that like film themselves giving food to the homeless and like only doing things and doing it when there's a camera around, like the yeah. influencers or whatever you want to call them that do their activist things, but only when there's a camera around. And they do it to go, and I donated to this group, and I'm giving my time to this group, and I'm doing this and this, but they're not actually, like, trying to make Do you see difference. that around mental health, too? Because I know there's oh people, gosh. I heard yes. somebody's Never taking ending. pictures of themselves crying. 
Oh, and then yeah. like posting it and to show like, everybody oh, that I'm they have emotion. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I appreciate you bringing awareness to this. But at the same time, you crying on my Instagram feed doesn't do anything to me. And it's, yeah. yeah. It's trying to, it's kind of just like a one time moment. And then they say something about mental health, but then, you know, you catch them six months later and they're saying something that would just be so, it's just so rude. And to other people, it's so rude. Mm. So it's like, that's mm-hmm. very performative. You're saying it in the moment, and I guess you mean it in the moment if you're going to post it, but then that's not really one of your true values that you right. carry with you every single day. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's like like one of the actresses. I know Riverdale as a whole, everyone has lots of feelings about it, but one of the actresses on it has been really vocal about her issues with anxiety and uh-huh. depression the whole time, which is less, which is I in my view true activism versus the people that like posted a black square for Black Lives Matter. Yes. And that's all they did. Yeah, yes. it's kind of just like a one-time moment. You say something once and then you're gone. And I feel like that is super, super, just like all last year, this whole last year, I think everything has been online too. So like, I guess that's what people resorted to. But mm-hmm. the people post one thing about one issue and that's it. They never say anything about it again. So it's very performative and it doesn't really do anything when do you, you just all, say it once. Do you call people on it? Like do you I call my friends on it. Oh, okay. I I feel like I need to start doing that. Cause I I yeah. what you're saying, I'm like, oh, I have friends that do that. Mm-hmm. I, I know what's like, happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've had a few friends that did the like black square thing and I texted them later. I was like, you realize that that if you use the hashtags and everything, you're just blocking out actual black content creators, right? Mm. I'm like, you got to, like, think this through a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, like, I call my friends out and my family out on it. I don't call celebrities out on it because yeah, I'm, right. I'm me. Yeah. What am I going to do? <laughs> What's one person out of their millions of subscribers yeah. going to do? So. But I feel like, like you, like you said, it's easier to make. Story. <laughs> Kidding. Go ahead. It's Keep easier talking. to make an impact when you talk, like like you said, with your friends. and Because you, you start small and then they go tell their friends and their right. friends and it just kind of builds from there. Yeah. And I used to like, I would see all these posts and I see a lot of people reposting them. And like, I think that's great. And I think the, these posts that are very educational about any sort of topic are super helpful and help other people see it. But at some point it's like, it's not necessarily doing anything. And for me, it's more like I just like to educate myself mm-hmm. on an issue. And I don't feel like I have the need to post it because if, as long as I'm educated about something and I am following up with exactly. it, I don't think I need to show everyone else in the world. Like, OK, I know this. Like, I know that I am educated about it. Why do I need to tell everyone else? So do you think that I think I kind of know the answer to this, but I'm interested in your perspectives. <laughs> Do you think that that is a function of age where people will put kind of public cries for attention or cries for help or, oh, look at me? Do you think that's a function of age? Do you think that's a function of the day and age we're in? Like that that just seems to be the culture and that, you know, quote unquote, grownups, whatever that means, do it too. you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's on health and wellness. I mean, I have. Lots of people, if I see hashtag keto one more time, I'm going to, you know, barf, right? So, but then I see them not doing keto. Right. Right. So is it an "Hmm." age, like maturity thing? Is it just like a ideals and like I'd rather, you know, keep my values to myself? Is it just like where we're at and like everybody is so out there with everyone? I mean, what do you think it is? I feel like it's just an, I feel like it's a product of the 
internet existed started mm. yeah. existing 25 years ago it's so much easier are you trying to make me feel old no Anne i'm not Marie? trying to make you feel old <laughs> i'm trying to provide context i, I appreciate the context <laughs> that it's so new that like for tom and i it doesn't feel new because it's been mm. here our entire lives but it's still so new and people are still trying to figure out okay how do we responsibly consume our consume the internet how do we responsibly exist on the internet what should we post what because there's a we lot post? of potential power yes in the internet right, right? because oh, yeah. a friend could put out kind of a warning mm-hmm. signal and then you as a friend could really reach out and say hey i noticed this mm-hmm. like do you it's, need it's to talk like, like the boy who cried wolf people posting things that are like oh, i'm so depressed i'm so upset so many times that then when they're actually depressed you're like are you really or is this another one of those, I'm lonely, I'm bored, and I want attention? Are you finding that the people awful. who need the most aren't, like, are they going radio silent? Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And you, you sometimes they don't even have a presence on social media. Mm. And I think my presence on social media since, like, once the pandemic started, it was pretty high. Like, I was always on it because that's all I had to do. But then I recently just, and I don't want to, like, digress, but it's just, like, I recently just got rid of TikTok in January and because I used to be on it and I'm like what is the point of this app it just wasted so much of my time and it's so much easier to educate yourself on something or even just like think about other things whenever you're not on it but -hmm. at the same token TikTok also and like other social media things they also like will focus on one issue and the information might may or may not be exactly accurate, yeah. but it's also mm. like, okay, you could do research on it. It's a lot harder to learn about other things whenever it's not just sitting on the feed of New York Times or STL Today or stuff right. like that. Yeah, right. you get you end up in like a pipeline because people, you know, find what they feel like is the truth because nowadays the truth is not the truth. The truth is whatever you feel like it is, it seems like. But like if you don't I follow like specific educated content creators like I follow doctors I follow lawyers I follow all these people because they know what they're talking about in my opinion and I feel like the internet and social media has such potential to educate people in the right ways about so many different things but we just got lost in the sauce almost we got lost in the <laughs> lost in the sauce yeah. we got lost in the <laughs> should be the title for the this having episode. fun and which it should be social media should be for having mm-hmm. fun but it also shouldn't be people posting things that are just blatantly false cuz that gets people hurt and and that's probably what leads to all of the divisiveness mm-hmm. right so because if you're following to your point Anne Marie like if you are following a specific thread or specific people or specific you know content that's what you follow and like and like they follows like yeah. correct and that's all that you get so you can't even see other things besides what you follow mm-hmm. so it's hard to learn about other things whenever. unless you go sit on the search page on instagram yeah ever and my search page is so messed up it's none of that anymore it's memes it's mine is mine is like mine's fashion mine is rings and then mine is <laughs> rings like something it's very else. specific it's literally that like i don't see anything else besides that so it's i mean the algorithm really just knows what i like and so I really only see like the little notifications, huh. you know, New York Times sends me and I'm like, oh, let me go learn about Ooh, that. Me too. And then it yeah. wants me to do a subscription. So it's see, really I hard. Got, I got lucky. The school, the library for our school has a New York Times subscription for the students. 
So I was oh. able to plug that into my phone, yeah. and so I can oh, actually that's really read it. cool. I missed out on that one. I don't know if they still have it. Hmm. So I want to. I am loving this conversation, by the way, and I am learning all kinds of new things. And um, I want to take, like, I want to kind of draw this part of the conversation to a close because in the next episode, kind of the part two of our conversation, I want to dig in a little deeper about how you've approached it if you've had friends you're concerned about, Mm -hmm. how those conversations went. Did you feel prepared? And also I want to get into this idea of, like, what do adults, and I'm going to put myself in this group, like, what do adults get wrong about today's teenagers? Like, what do we get wrong? But um, if you're liking this content, if this feels good to you, if this is something you want to hear more of, we're really going to ask that you subscribe to this content. Um, We are new at this, so... Subscribe. Subscribe. Yay. Um, really appreciate you listening today. And like I said, tune in for the second episode of The Preventable or Preventable. <laughs>